One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Tonaris podcast, our first Zoom one, um, and I'm joined by Timmy Long, of course. And Hi, everyone. This, and, and this week we have another neighbour of ours from our Cullen, Susan Mulch. How are you, Susan? Hey, guys, guys. Thanks for having me on, lads. Do you want to tell uh, the people who don't know you who, who you are and what's the crack? Yeah, so as James said, I'm, my name's Susan Mulch, I grew up in our Cullen, um, I... I'm laughing because I just, just figured out they were talking about our age. I'm like, I'm 40, um, which I, I would have thought was always old, but I feel like a young one. Um, yeah, I suppose at the moment I'm studying. Um, my background would have been initially um, just growing up in the north, I worked in retail, hardcore work ethic. So I'd worked really hard. That was to get money, to go out and have these things and, you know, clothes and go clubbing and all that. Um, and then I got into the addiction, sorry, quickly, I suppose. And alcohol was my kind of thing, mainly, would have been my main thing. But, like, I didn't even start drinking until I was younger, and it really took off fast, you know. I know a lot of my friends were drinking when they were, like, 13, but I was, like, 16, which was actually, I know, that doesn't sound young, but it was quite young compared to people I'm talking about. And I loved, love, still love alcohol. To say, like today, I don't drink, um, and I haven't taken a drink for a few, good few years. But um, I just loved, love drink. Like everything went to partying, going out, men, like everything, everything. <laughs> I loved it, um, and then it came to a head where I had to really look at my drinking and kind of the impact I was having, um, and then that's when all the kind of well, this was the men. So that's where the good stuff started, but it was where the shit got really like, you know. And do you miss the drink today? Yes. What's the, what, what part of it? Or what about it? Do you miss? Do you miss the getting dressed up and going out, or do you miss getting drunk or the crack? Or do you know what? I miss. I and like I hate. Sometimes I, it took me a long time to even be able to say that to somebody else in recovery that I missed it because I kind of felt like, God, oh, you're you're a bad, you're a bad addict or alcoholic or whatever, but. I did it for years. Like I was, I was right up until I was 33 before I stopped drinking. And, you know, and I, I couldn't stop drinking, I suppose. But what I missed about it was the escape. Like, you know, the bottle of wine, the association. Because I still get dressed up and go out or whatever. But, like, you know, that switch-off moment. I'm a very strong thing. Like, think, I overthink things a lot. Um, and I learned very early on that a few cans of Ritz just took all that away very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um so, like, why not do it? Plus, it was everyone drinks. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know I'm generalizing, but everyone I knew drank. 
and they all probably drank problematically, but not necessarily addictive. Do you know what I mean? So I just missed it. Do you know, even there, now, I was watching the game last week, the football, and I'd, I'd be thinking about, God, I'd love a pint now. I just miss everything about it. Smell, touch, yeah. drink, taste, feeling. Um, but I suppose what I've learned that for me is just not an option, you know, because where it took me, I'm very grateful yeah. to actually for where it kept me, it kept me alive, but I where it's not so much. I suppose the, the, the drinking scene was the, pretty much the culture as well um, in our Cullen, Hollyhill, Nottingham, in Cork, wherever. Um, so, like, if, if you're not drinking, you actually don't fit in, do you? You don't fit into a group. And, like, I would have, I would have been in every aspect of my life. It wouldn't have just been with friends. Like, it would have been with family who drank. Like, everything was around. And I, I just thought that was very normal. Genuinely, like, I was going... You're the freak if you don't drink. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, even I remember my. Um, it's so funny because on Christmas Day, my members always get baby sham, right? I don't remember baby sham, but I was about nine, and I fucking used to love it. Like the right was on the wall, <laughs> um. But I, I think as well for me, I wouldn't be much of a crier. I never was, even though like I'm female. Some people say females are more in touch with their feelings. I wouldn't be one of those. I'd be very much. Drive on, crack on, you know, toughen up, just do it. And suddenly when I was drinking, I could be like crying to the girls or, you know, telling them about something that I was upset over. But the next day, we just like, come here, stay with me last night, do you mind that now? Move on. Now, oh, this is in, on reflection, like, but what it did for me was, this was it really gave me the ability to be vulnerable and to feel. And I didn't have that kind of like... Any, I suppose, without alcohol, I didn't have that. So I didn't drink for confidence. So many people say, oh... I'd be too shy or like, I was never shy, very chatty. Not, I didn't go out in front of that. It was actually for that kind of real sense of like, God, I can cry or I can be sad or, you know, I can be angry. Do you know when you were in, in the height of your drinking then, was how did you realise you had a problem or when did it dawn and you had, like what aspects of your life was being affected when you were, like was your family on your case? What about employment, relationships or? Do you know what? Mine was, my, my kind of, the way it went for me was like, I was drinking, when I was drinking in the pub, I didn't think it was an issue because it was outside, so you were getting dressed up to go somewhere, so do you know the whole minimise, justify. Then when I started getting the wine and bringing it home, do you know, getting a bottle of wine, then when I was, that was increased to two bottles of wine, and like there was small change, there was, I suppose there were small changes I made that I didn't notice, like I used to go into like Max and Spencer's, right, for that, dying for two things, sort of dying for one, first of all, and I was only getting it because of the bottle of wine, but like, you want to mark, I was like all dressed up, I was working with Ryan at the time, and I was like, hey girl, yeah, I'm just getting a bottle of wine, all bullshit, I was hanging for a drink, do you know what I mean, because I needed it to, I suppose, to regulate myself, to come down, to come up, you name it, it did it for me, um, and I... Right up until before I went into treatment, I was poached for jobs because clearly I'm, and still am today, I can be very good at putting on a mask, do you know? I can be, I can, if you met me, say, right, there might be some other drink, you go, Jesus, we out last night, but I quickly, obviously, yeah, but look, I'm still up, I'm at work, do you know? Um, and what happened to me was I ended up in Benefit Cosmetics in uh, Debenhams. So, like, that's a big beauty hall, so there's an awful lot of, competition anyway in there um, and they didn't really know me that well but like you're right up to someone's face I was the branch council manager and I was got to the stage where I was going to work drinking 
going out my lunch, drinking, having a can in the shower before I left the house to get ready. Then I was conscious of where it stumped the bottles because the wheelie bin was like jammed. Do you know what I mean? And like I know I said that she was talking to somebody about recently, she kind of laughed and I was like, do you know what? I know your intention wasn't to, to laugh at that, but that is really shameful. Like when you can't even move the, the wheelie bin because it's so full of bottles, like, do you know? And what happened was it was actually mental health was where I kind of was my problem. It's like, oh, I have a mental health problem. Now I have a few of them too. But that was what I went to address initially. And they kind of highlighted, the person I met said to me, you know, you, you seem to talk about drink a lot or whatever. And I was like, yeah, because I do drink. And she was like, well, if, you, if you're coming to us, you have to stop drinking. And I just couldn't stop. Like, literally, I remember at this time now, like, I'm going back and forward a couple of years and stuff, but at this time, I was actually back at my mum's. So I was, like, an adult. So I was, like, 30, 32, I'd say. And I remember I had an appointment down in the orthopedic, but even to get to the appointment, I had to walk past the office. And I just couldn't. Like, I actually couldn't go in, but I had to just go in even through two cans. I've, oh, my God. Like, and then I go in, she said, are you drinking? She said, no. And the smell of Bulmers on me, obviously. Do you know what I mean? Because it was Bulmers at the time. But I mean, in the end, it was vodka and it was, it was all that kind of stuff. And when you say how, what kind of brought my attention to it, I, my husband, no, but he was my boyfriend at the time. I remember one day he found a bottle of wine under the sink and I was like, I forgot about it. Like, he's lost his throat. And I was like, I just made up some bullshit excuse on it. But he kind of was saying, look, that's not normal. And do you know why you just feed me to do that? And it was because I was drinking so much, do you know what I mean? Like, I would just literally drink wine in the evening, pass out. I've no shame in saying it. I'd wet the bed, I'd wake up the next morning, shower, can for the cure, get, get ready, put on the mask, dump the bottles on the way into work. I swear to God, like, I was just, I was exhausted from it. Like, I was great. Um, and then the first thought, I suppose the first time I sought help was through that mental health process, which wasn't a good experience at all. Because it was no, judgment, you know. You, you know, um, you know what I like. A lot of psychiatrists and psychologists really say. Um, even that book, Dear James, Chasing the Scream, and they talk about Gabriel Matia, mm. which is a fantastic book. There's, there, he speaks about um, why people actually drink and drug. You know. Uh, it's all based on mental health issues initially. You know, we all drink because there's something wrong. There's some traumatic experience that's after happening. And maybe anything. It could, be, it could be from seeing a dog being knocked down or it could be anything simple as that, you know. Um, but a lot of people kind of usually go to AA or go to a drug counsellor before they actually look at the mental health problems later on when they're in recovery, you know, you, you, you went the other route, really, Susan, didn't you? Well, do you know what? I may never forget what happened as I was uh, living out in an apartment again with my boyfriend at the time and um, I'd been on the phone to someone in my family anyway, like, in a hot mess, do you know what I mean? And obviously was, they, were, they were worried. And I remember, um, you know, they, my mum came out and she was like, see me and she was like, oh my God, shocked. I thought the kind of state I was in, like, the state I looked and she was like, we have to bring you somewhere, like somewhere, we didn't know where the somewhere was. And that's where the referral was, because they said it was kind of, uh, I said I was suicidal at the time. Um, but actually I was suicidal for a lot of reasons, but one of the main reasons was I was found out my drinking on huge levels, you know. 
I remember I was working in it one day and uh, my fella rang me and he says, hey, don't bother, you know, don't, don't bother coming home. And I was like, what? And I, he said, you'll see when you come home. Um, and I went home and in the spare room, the whole double bed was just full of empty wine bottles, empty cans and every handbag I owned. So there was like about 50 handbags thrown and all the contents spilled out in the bed. He was like, what, when did this, what's this about like, do you know? Um, so I was just, I suppose, shame and nowhere else to go. Then ended up bringing me treatment, do you know? Um, I did try, I did try the fellowship first actually, but, and I've no bones about saying this, I found it uh, very hard to go into a meeting with people because I kind of thought, there was grandiosity about me, like, not just, you know, but I thought I was, I thought I, it was like, I'm not like them, like, do you know what I mean? I've worked my whole life. I did my leave and start. Do you know, I I just got promoted four weeks ago. Like, I haven't got children that are, there was just so many comparisons. And I remember one meeting, I went to the film next to me. <laughs> he put, he got a nudge being pointed up at the chair. And I was like, I was trying to, like, what's your non-judgment? No. Like, <laughs> so, like, <laughs> he was, like, trying to say, like, your ones with words. She's in a meeting, she doesn't even know why she's here. But, so from then I was like, oh no, fuck, this isn't for me at all. Do you know what I mean? But like, it was definitely for me, it was the right place. Um, do, you know, do you know what it sounds like? It sounds like um, when I went into treatment initially, like, you know, I went into Table Lodge, uh, which is a treatment centre in Cork. And I thought I was going in there because my problem was when I used, I'd go binging for a week, a full week maybe, maybe longer sometimes, and I'd be at it, and there'd be no sleep, there'd be nothing, it'd be drugs and drink, and everything else that comes with that, and um, I'd be fucking, when I went to the large den, it was like, uh, right, this is what's going to happen now when I get old here, I'd say this to my wife, Nicole, I'd say, when I get old here now, I'm going to be able to go up with you, we'll have a few drinks, and I'll be able to go home, you know, <laughs> that was never going to happen, Like, but when I was in there, uh, it all changed. I kind of understood addiction a little bit more because I, I had my 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 frame of thinking was after clearing up the fog was after lifting a little bit, you know. Yeah, and you know what? For me, I didn't have that clarity. I went into mm. I, I went into residential. I did three months uh, treatment in two thousand and thirteen, right? And I remember when I went in. I remember first of all, I remember when I went down for the assessment. Even the words, like I was like, oh, cringing, you know. But I was all done up. I was going to be like, I was dressed up to nine. Like, you know, I'm going to no treatment centre. And uh, there was, like, there was, there, it was a female treatment centre, but they were cleaning the windows. Like, but I mean, all right, it's not wrong when I'm cleaning windows. We're seeing a woman in a complete trance, just like in, at a window. I was like, ah, here, not going into this place at all. I'll come out fucking worse. I'm bad enough. Um, but come here when you've nothing and no other resources you take in, you know. So I detoxed at home, actually. And I remember I got the equilibrium of the doctor, but I remember going up to the chemist and knocking in with the prescription. And I called George the pharmacist and I said, where? This is like a pure cop out. No taking these, isn't it? I should just stop drinking. Like, and she was like, no, your doctor's giving me these because it's, with my understanding was just so worked about it all. I was like, I drink too much. Loads of shit has happened to me, grand. If I just calm it down, then I'd get a bit of stillness in my mind. But then when I realised I physically couldn't stop drinking, like, I was just absolutely chained to it, like, you know, one day in work, I, I was called up off the floor and they said, hey, somebody suspects you're drinking. 
talk about brazen bitch like I mean fight fire with fire I was like excuse me no I was hammered and I was like how dare you how dare you lie that I search my locker you know this totally it's not 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 in reality at all and went straight home and everything I rang to the voice and I was like now they're after saying this but maybe and she says to me I'm more you drinking and I said oh well obviously and I just kind of like, I was drinking the camera, I was talking to her, and I was like, so like, well, tomorrow, she was like, no, I wouldn't face it, but like, I don't know what's going to happen with you. And but like that, it was total denial, I was like, yeah, I will go to face it. Who's the person there saying that to me? There's a spell drink on me. This is not you. <laughs> I was just so like, and I was protecting the alcohol, but that was my, my best friend. I didn't want anyone to mention it or be quick to say, she would drink every night. What do you want about you? You're the same. But I thought everyone had that relationship that time. You know, even Joni wrote the stars night, I just said to the girls, you better be up for now, you're tomorrow at 12. This is now 17. But I thought, they all thought that way. Yeah. Yeah. Can I I put, um, bring it back to a couple of things you mentioned there. First of all, uh, if you're drinking heavily for a long time, you should definitely take Librium because the detox can be very dangerous. It can end in seizures and, and DPs. Um, another thing you were talking about going to the treatment centre dialed up to the nines I was laughing at that because when I when you come into recovery or when I met you in recovery I was actually surprised you were in recovery because as you said earlier on you wore the mask well and you did you were always very glamorous looking you were always dialed up to the nines and you presented yourself and it's like you know what she has her shit together she looks great nine doesn't matter what time of the day or what day of the week, Susan, makeup is done, the clothes are nice. And I can just picture you walking into the Tabalage. Where did you go, Tabalage? Yeah, I actually went to a, a finance convert first. I did treatment yeah. twice. I did, I did the first, and I, I was kind of, I was in, so I was trying to protect the drink, but I was also like, is this too, Is this an extreme reaction, three months of treatment? Um and I could easily minimise and justify all the behaviours that had gone with what I'd done because I hadn't robbed. I was still working. Like, I made all these, you know, justifications in in my own head. But, like, that was very important to me, James, that, that whole look in a certain way um, because that was I was able to hide it to some degree. And it's interesting because, you know, like, we, we all know many people still in active addiction, loads, you know, loads and people in recovery. But one of the motivators for me was I remember a, a woman said to me one time, can I remember now she was a professional, but she basically said, if you keep drinking the way you're drinking, you're going to look bait in another few years. Now, I was so me, but like that was the worst news she could have delivered, you know. I was starting to get, you know, you get the blood, you know, the vessels, you know, I was starting to see them, you know, and I was like, oh, fuck. My hair started to fall out, Um I remember I went for routine bloods and the doctor rang me and she said, uh, there's indication of a uh, strong substance misuse. Your liver is severely damaged. I changed doctors. Like, I was like, you're one issue for a while. Tell me that. I paid 50 euros for that and it was good luck. Um, because I just didn't want to face that. Maybe this is a problem. And I do think being a woman, um, there's even more, there's more stigma to it, you know. That's what I was going to say. And it's, like, it's acceptable for you to sit in the back to go down to the Maple Street mm-hmm. and I'll be waiting at 10 o'clock to go in. Like, me doing it then. Yeah. She's a mess. She, like, all these points of reference come in. 
none of which are true or accurate, you know, so I just had the same problem that many people have. But yeah. it was, you know, but you would be judged way more harshly. I, it would be like yeah. if, if, if you were at a house party and after the party you went over to Charlie's or the early morning for a pint at seven o'clock in the morning and there was a girl in the corner, they stand out and there is a, it's way more stigma attached to that, whereas for the boys, oh, they're having a crack, they're up, mad things are up by night. But her, there's a big problem then with the female doing it, you know? Absolutely. And as well, you know, I kind of got away with it because for a long time, which was probably to my detriment, really, because I kept jobs and I used to get promoted and because I put on the, the glamour mask and, oh, yeah, I'm all the biz and all this and, like, a hot mess of the inside. But, like, then when you really need it, I remember I was going to Scott's on my lunch. So I, was, I wasn't hungry. I needed a pint to get me through the day. And I'd go up and I'd order, i never forget it, I'd order half portion of lasagna. And I was never going to eat it. Like, I just had it to have it on the table. Do you know what I mean? And a pint. And once I, you know, I'd have two pints then, I'd go back to work for the afternoon. Then, on the way home, bottle of wine, two bottles of wine, swap them out, switching every trick in the book. Do you know what I mean? Nailed. Yeah. As long as I kept turning up for work, in my mind, it was still kind of alright. It was actually only the first time I told someone I had a problem that I told someone, like I said, many people were telling me, was when I was in Australia and a, a girl I was living with, she said, like, God, oh, do you drink an awful lot? I said, that's because you're Swedish and anyway, you're a shrewd clue girl. Um, but I, as weeks went on, I couldn't leave the, where we were living. I couldn't actually go out, you know, cause, because my hair was so bad, like it was visibly, there was gaps. And I, I remember one of the last patient, he goes, I saw your hair there. And I was like, oh my God. And I knew it was all, it was all complete substance misuse. Like, I was, my body was screaming out stuff. And um, even after my first treatment, I remember before I left one of the girls, goes, um, how are you going to, you know, get, like with Timmy said there about, you know, table where I come out and I'd be just and she was like, how are you going to manage that? No, it's your, it's your boyfriend. Like, no, he is complete opposite of anyone I've ever dated in a good way. <laughs> he's now my husband, that's why. Um, and he's, he'd drink before he, you know, socially. I wouldn't, wouldn't have an issue with alcohol. And I remember I said to her, should I not go and tell him that? And she was like, Susan, you've been in a treatment centre for the last three months. How are you going to go out and not tell him that? And I was like, oh, no, see, I don't have a problem with the drink. I needed the break. And look, my hair started to crack now. I, yeah, I swear to God. I was like, I, do you know, I just needed a break. I was getting tapped me. I, I, I'm, I'm fucking a high flyer. Like, no, this isn't going to change at all. And then I went back out. And in fairness, like, even though we weren't together, he was amazing to me. Like, he was very supportive. And I did loads of shit to him in my addiction. Do you know what I mean? Um, loads of hard stuff that I'm not proud of. But he was still very good to me. And I remember I said to him, I won't drink now. And he was like, well, look, if you do, then, you know, that's it. We were back together as in a relationship. But he was he was actually leaving me stay with him in his, in his apartment. He said, I didn't have some, I had nowhere to go. Like, I went from being branch accounts manager with a makeup done to, like, homeless. And I was drank out of the shoes. It was fucking half full for me, you know. Um, and he, so he, remember he said, look, no drink, whatever. And I was like, well, obviously, of course no drinking. I was all into God, and, and I'm not dissing that because I do get a lot of, um, I suppose, comfort from faith. But obviously, the treatment program I was in was very religious based, and um, so I was pure into that. And then I went up to Limerick to meet somebody who I was in treatment with. We went for a meeting, and when I went back to get the bus, fine wines on the corner in Limerick, 
swear to God, I can see it. There was a thing standing there. And I said, do you know what? It was, it was a beautiful sunny day. I was like, oh, yes. Like, you know what? There, I, I haven't drank for four months. Like, what? Let's see what happens. Let's see. Nothing's going to happen. So I went in, and first thing I said to I said, I just get a small, do you know, a small bottle, going the quarter bottles. There, get it. Typically, he was like, three for the tenner. I said, ah, should I take three for so? Like, three for tenner? Why wouldn't I? So I got on the bus, and I was like, I opened the bottle, and I was like, yeah, nothing's ever happening. You know, the bus didn't crash. I haven't dropped dead. This is, I'm totally right. They've overreacted. And then within three weeks, my addiction was the worst that it ever was. Like, I was, I turned up drunk to meetings. I was asked to leave meetings. They were going to call the guards for me over in Rutland Street. My aftercare had to send me out because, of course, I was abusing everyone, telling them it was all their fault. Um, so, well, for me, I was haunted because I managed to get a bed in Rory within three weeks. But I remember at the time, like, I, I was, uh, and again, coming back to the whole female side of it, I remember even going and buying cans during that relapse, right? And I saw two people, you know, so they live up by us, like, and I was sitting at, you know, Rats Lane, or whatever it's called, what's the proper name for it? Monastery Hill, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like Rats Lane, like, right? So I remember I was sitting up there and I, I was drinking cans and I seen these two people that would be neighbours for us and they looked of disgust on their face. They were like, Jesus Christ, stay at her. And I was like, oh my God, this is this is just hopeless. I don't want to do grand treatment. They're like, this is a great programme. You should be grand. And I was like, well, I'm here now with a can. They're not grand. I'm certainly not grand. No one said to me, you know, because then zero. Um, and if, except for to be fair, my partner said to me, look, if you're willing to go back into treatment and see, you know, what's going on, like, I can I support you as best I can. So, within three weeks, I was back. After been out, after three months, I was out three weeks, I was back in. And again, what did I do? The morning of the treatment, my husband says to me, I'll drive you to Limerick now, you know, just trying to take some of the angst out of it. But I was like, we're not trying to meet. I was like, no, this is something I need to do for myself. This is my journey. All this bullshit, right? It wasn't. I needed to get a drink to go there with. I needed something with me. It couldn't just go over. So I didn't welcome in with a suitcase packed. Again, all done up. Still all that. And there was a load of fellas I knew in there and they were Jesus, God, are you doing And I was like, oh, I'm going to be there. Just dropped in for a quick but holidays. I was going to worry. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I was hardly going to be, I wouldn't be telling anyone that. Um. Then I was sure I waited till half ten till the office was open. Then I got to that wine on the bus up to Limerick. And I woke up in somebody else's uh, house coat, right? And apparently I'd gone into the sitting room singing black as the colour drone choir practice and like was living the dream. Thought I was like ordinary. Woke up next morning and went, Holy shit, this is the big I need to go, I need to go. Um and I swear to God, if they'd have left me go, like if my own will was, was permitted, I wouldn't be here talking to you now at all, at all. Because you want to say to me, you're do, you are leaving because you want to drink. I was like, you take that. I'm not leaving because I want to drink. I'm leaving because I'm not an alcoholic and I shouldn't be here. Like you missed the mark with me. <laughs> and yeah. he said to me, you're manic. And I was like, well, this is great. Just something else wrong with me. But I did stay. Gritted deep, like, uh, and slowly but surely. One of the biggest turning points for me was when she said, I remember when I first drink was Android, they kept saying it was a battle, battle, 
And this is where I think the use of language is, is so important. The battle for license in, you have this. Is, and I was like, oh, my God. The next time in treatment, they said to me, you just surrender, do you know? And if you just, for me, at the moment, I cannot drink, do you know what I mean? Because of what it does to me, it doesn't feel so negative, do you know what I mean? Even from your own headspace, like, do you know, it's like playing on the table, looking at the consequences. I'd heard all that. But for some reason, just that piece resonated with me. And they got us to do an exercise where we all wrote a letter to our addiction. And I was shocked at how every letter was the exact same. I didn't know them, Adam. They didn't know me, and we all wrote the same things to our to our to our addiction. You know, it just shows you that it doesn't really matter who you are or what you're using. It's, we all have the same consequences. It, disrupt, it destroys our lives, and it doesn't. It doesn't matter if it's alcohol or heroin or benzos. It'll all destroy us. You know, we're like we're, we've about two and a half minutes left, Susan, before Zoom, before Zoom cuts us off. So. Do you want to tell us a little bit about life post-alcohol and how you're getting on today and what your plan is for the future? You know what? Like, life post-alcohol is good. Like, it's good. Um, I, but just because I stopped drinking, my problems didn't go away. And I think that's a, something that people kind of, we get lured into a false sense of security. I thought once I stopped drinking, everything would be grand. Because, of course, my hair started going back. The liver sorts itself out. Blah, 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 blah. But a lot of the underlying, like, not feeling good enough, not being worth much still putting on the mask was still there so it only kind of tipped the surface really um for me but what I what it really did was unite me with my husband like he was so supportive and he he, he went out of his way to get an understanding about what addiction is and what it does because he was like he knows me better than anyone he was like I oh, you know you're you're a beautiful person you're not a liar you're not like you know if you said it you meant it you know, so he really took the time to kind of get educated around it, and just every step along the way, like I, he was with me. We got married. You know, I made my final year in college, and um, and I give all that back. Like if someone said to me seven years ago, Susan, in seven years' time you'll be sober. That's it. No, I'd be like, that's everything. That's all I want. All the other stuff is just kind of like starts to requirement. You know, it's great that I have it, but without. Um, I suppose having myself and the understanding of my relationship with because like drugs and drink would be my story like alcohol is my primary but I mean I would have been I'd done an awful lot over the years um, and I, I've never been happier but I still I suppose I still have I still have struggles like do you know what I mean my addiction manifests in different ways today do you know like the like irrational thoughts do you know I I I feel very strongly about self-harm because it's something that I would have experienced in sobriety and I wasn't part of my story in during drinking, which was I thought was quite unusual. So I just have huge awareness and it's the only thing that kept me sober was gratitude really, I think, you know, and that keeps me sober. It just shows as well that when you put down the alcohol, your problems don't leave you. You're, you still have to do a lot of work on yourself and we're all a work in progress, the three of us here. Your husband sounds like a saint. I'd love to hear his side of the story so you can ask him if he wants to come on. And no, right? I swear to God, I I hit the jackpot because he is so... He's he's obviously sucking sound like... And he's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's been with me in addiction and in recovery and that rarely happens as we all know. Well, know you're I mean? blessed. You're blessed to have him and we're going to run out of time. So thanks a million for coming on. Thanks, Susan. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.